You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. Father God, what an amazing memorial. We stop and we reflect on the, uh, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ and what was accomplished through that sacrifice that your love poured out for us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life, Lord. Father, we've been seeking from your word to look and see how we live more focused in that kind of a way, a focus on who you are and what you've accomplished. And so, Lord, as we look in your word today, uh, prepare our hearts, encourage us, use your word, God, to uh, make us like Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get our Bibles out this morning and open them up to 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, as we uh, look at the last message in our Vertically Challenged series, and the message this week is on the topic of of holiness, of holiness, and and what does that look like in my life? See, this whole uh, series has not been, this is what the church is supposed to do, being vertically challenged, although churches need to think vertically for sure, but the church is made up of the people in the church, and so each of these messages is designed for us to think through our own walk with God and where we are at, and so when we started this series, we talked about being vertically challenged with our focus on our purpose. The purpose of our church is to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission in the spirit of the Great Commandment, so the church as a whole has that responsibility. But whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so the first message was about our purpose. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to get our eyes off of all of the things that get in the way in our lives and get our minds fixed on our purpose to glorify God. We talked about how that comes out of our foundation in Jesus Christ. And we just experienced that as we had communion together. And then when your, pope, when your purpose is to glorify God, the foundation is Jesus, then so now what do we do about this? How does this start to play out in my life? And we talked about living in obedience. And when God's word reveals something to you, just do it. Do it because God's word says to do it. We talked about responding with compassion. Compassion to those inside of the church. Compassion with those outside of the church. We talked about a focus on mission. And um, we talked about the Great Commission. Um, and the focus of every believer to be Great Commission believers. And last week we talked about surrender. Um, if you want to be in my disciple, Jesus said, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Well, today, in the last message, we want to talk about vertically challenged in holiness. In holiness. In a holy walk. In a way that separates us from the world, that we stand out, we look different. And so we're taking that from 1 Peter, so let's stand together. We want to honor God as we read his word, 1 Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to start at verse 13 down to the end of the chapter. Therefore, prepare your minds for action and be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, 
but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot. He has foreknown before the foundation of the world, but uh, was made manifest in the last time for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower fails, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Lord God, please, God, take your word today. We hold it in our hands. You have preserved it for us. We have it. Um, Father, your truth, the truth of who Jesus is, the truth of what Jesus has accomplished. Um, uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Father, would we take hold of the truth and then, Father, uh, seek to live it out in holiness in our lives, uh, being like Jesus Christ the Lord. So God, do this work. Give us ears to hear your word. Minds to be able to comprehend and understand, but then, God, the faith, the faith that would cause us to live out differently in our world for the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. Well, we want to dive right into the text today, and uh, four things we want to take a look at today as we consider the topic of holiness. Here's, here's the first one, action based on hope. Action based on hope. What is still to come. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace. Prepare your minds for action. Now, that word, uh, prepare your minds for action, literally is like roll up your sleeves. We've got a job to do. There's something we need to get at, and that's what uh, Peter's saying in this text. We've got something to get at here. So this is not some passive thing when we think about holiness or living our lives for the glory of God. This is an, an active thing. Roll up your sleeves. Get ready to get in and get at the work of holiness. Prepare your minds, he says. Last week we uh, mentioned that the, the battle is for our mind. The battle is for our mind. Every time you fall in sin, every time you let pride rule in your life, it's because you've lost the battle in your mind. Uh, somewhere along the line, you were walking along and things were going fine and you decided to take your eyes off of the Lord and get your eyes on your own selfishness or what you wanted. And, or all, and the Lord wasn't primary and you found yourself in a bad place. Um, God always makes a way to escape so that we don't have to sin, the Bible teaches us. And you can think about that. You can think about the last time that you sinned and had to come before the Lord. You can think about the ways that God gave you so you didn't have to go. But you chose with your mind to do what you wanted to do instead of what God called you to do. Same thing for me. Same challenge I face, you face in your, in your own life. Here's some references. You can write them down. You won't have time to look them up. But Luke 10, 27 says, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Romans 8, 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. The battle is for your mind. 
1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.2, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Philippians 4.7, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A mind that is ready for action is what God is calling us to. And so how much time did you spend last week? How much time did you spend in the Word? How much time did you spend in prayer? How much time did you spend with other believers who will challenge you to think like God thinks? Prepare your mind for action. When our mind is ready for action, we will have victory in sin. That sin so easily that takes over in your life and you fall into it. Prepare your mind. When you prepare your mind, you'll have victory over sin. When you prepare your mind, you'll have victory over selfishness. Your eyes will be fixed on God and who He is and how awesome He is. And why do I want all these things for myself? You'll have victory over selfishness. You'll have victory over pride. You will come to a place of obedience in your walk with God when He challenges you to do something that you will willingly do it. You will come to the place of submission to come under what God has for you and a desire to fulfill His will in your life. You'll be faithful in what you do. You will persevere. You won't give up when your mind is set on the right things and the difficult time comes and the difficulty happens. You will persevere. Prepare your mind for action. When you prepare your mind, you will have a desire and will live out holiness in your life. See, sloppy thinking leads to spiritual defeat. Sloppy thinking leads to spiritual defeat. If you get your eyes fixed on the Word and what God's Word says, you'll have victory in your spiritual walk. Perfectly? No, not on this side, but always growing and developing in our walk with God. Prepare your mind. Prepare your mind. If you're not in the Word, if you're not in fellowship, if you're not on your knees in prayer, your mind is not prepared. Then he goes on and he says, be sober-minded. Be sober-minded. This is getting rid of that loose and sloppy kind of thinking in our lives. This is the ability to take a serious look at life. Being sober-minded doesn't mean we don't have fun. It doesn't mean you don't laugh. It doesn't mean that. But it says your view of life and your thinking of life is, is considered and thoughtful. And you want the right things and you want them in the right priority. Denotes a condition free from mental and spiritual loss of control. It's an attitude of self-discipline. It, it avoids the extremes, but it calls us, God's Word says, prepare your mind for action. Be serious in your thinking. And then in this verse he says, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, so often in our, our walk, we think about grace, we think about salvation grace, and, and it for sure is true. Um, uh, Peter starts out in this book, uh, he greets us with grace. And then uh, he goes on in verse, uh, chapter 1 and verse 10, he talks about the, the grace that came to us in Jesus, predicted by the prophets. And then he comes to this text, and he talks about the grace that is still to come. And so grace demonstrated in our lives as followers of Christ has, has that 
part, that's grace, that was accomplished, the salvation grace, the grace that saved you, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. That's the, that's the past grace, that's salvation grace, but then there's the grace that keeps us every day, God's grace poured out on you every time you sin, and you come to the Lord in confession, and you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you your sin. Why? Because of His grace. His grace that keeps us. And then there's the grace that's still to come. And that's what uh, Peter's talking about in this text. Uh, Set your mind, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are called to action based on the hope of what is still coming for each one of us as followers of Jesus Christ. Well, that's the first thing. And then Peter goes on in the text, and he puts the challenge before us. This is the challenge of personal holiness because of God's holiness. Personal holiness because of God's holiness, who he is, who he is. As obedient children, verses 14 to 16 says, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. As obedient children, don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Wow. So what are you conformed to? What do you find yourself in your walk with God conforming to? The most famous verses about this in the Bible are Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. People whose minds are ready for action are people who, are, are their minds are no longer conformed to the world. The word conformed means to become like. What are you becoming like? Are you becoming more like Jesus every day? Or does the world take hold of your life and you're becoming more like it? And you find yourself with the passions for the world and the things of the world. And they just tend to, tend to take over your life so often in your life. Don't, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. The battle is for your mind. Prepare your mind for action. Conformed means to become like. That word transformed in the, in the Greek is the same word that we would get the, the word uh, metamorphosis from. It's the picture of a change that happens within us. Don't be conformed to the world, but be changed internally to be like Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, 7 and 8 says, In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now... You must put them all away, anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Why? Because you are being transformed. You're not being conformed. Ephesians 4, 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Prepare your mind for action. Be ready. 
a call to holiness in our, in our walk. Um, as obedient children break off the lifestyle things that are conforming us to the world and be transformed in, from the inside out to be like Jesus Christ. And he goes on in the text and he says, but he who called you is holy. You also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You shall be holy, for I am holy. Well, that's a, that's a big word. It's a, a tough word maybe to get your, your head around. What, do, what does that mean? How, how do I become holy? How am I holy? Um, the word holy means to be apart. The word holy means to be a separate. Um, I love the fact in the, in the text, as he says, that you be holy as I am holy. Now, God has already arrived in this. God's not in heaven trying to figure out how he can be more holy. God is the picture of holiness. We see God's holiness in his attributes. We see God's holiness in his creation. We see God's holiness in his example for us. You know, you think about the attributes of God in his, in his grace for us. We don't have near the grace that God has. You would have written you off a long time ago. But God is grace. You see God in his mercy. Where you're getting what you don't deserve and you're not getting what you do deserve. You see God in his justice. Um, the, the fact that he couldn't just wash away, wipe away your sin. He had to send his son, Jesus Christ, to be the just and right sacrifice for you. We see God in all of those things. We see God in his holiness. See, God has arrived in his holiness. But we are to be holy. We are to be becoming holy. Um, we call it sanctification. Same word. Be holy. Be sanctified. Be set apart. Uh, that's what we are becoming in our walk with God. If I've said it once in our church, I've said it a hundred times. You're, you're not, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not to be what you used to be. You're not yet what you will be. As a matter of fact, you're not even yet what you should be. But I'm not what I was. Why? Because I'm becoming holy. I want to be like Jesus Christ. I want God to be the focus of who I am. I want him to be the priority of what's going on in my life. Be holy as I am holy. God is holy in all those things, and we are to be becoming that. This is, this is not some kind of a suggestion. It's not like, well, you know, try it on if you want. Follower of Jesus Christ, maybe you want to take a kick at this holiness thing. Be. Be. And it's an ongoing thing, and it's a changing thing, but if you're a follower of Christ, you can't be what you used to be. When you take hold of what we just remembered in communion and the work of Jesus Christ and how awesome that is and what he's given to us, I, I can't be like I used to be anymore. I need to be more like Jesus Christ. I need to be focused to be like him in my walk. I need to be changed. So, so what in your life has God been challenging you to in your walk? And you know. Uh, maybe it's a, a neighbor that um, you need to show more grace to. Or extend some mercy to. Or show love towards. He's coming to that in this text. You be holy. Why? Because I'm holy, God says. Because I'm holy. Because I'm a just God. Because I care for you. 
But what about everybody else? Don't worry about everybody else. You be what you need to be because that's what I call you to be. It's not a suggestion. We become like this by mimicking God. Just learn who Jesus is. See what he did. Do the things he did. We do that by demonstrating our respect and our awe for him. This will work out in our progressive sanctification, becoming more like Jesus Christ bit by bit every day as we seek to walk according to God's word for the glory of God. Personal holiness because of God's holiness, because of who he is, because of his character. Oh my goodness, Lord, I've seen what you've done for me. I've seen what you've accomplished for me. God, please do that work in my life. Do that work in my life that I could be a little bit more like Jesus Christ every day. Well, this leads to the third thing as to our conduct that's born out of that relationship. This leads to conduct that's born out of that relationship. Live differently because of what he has done. Live differently because of what he has done. Look at verses 17 to 21. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves. So that's the live differently. So let's look at some of the things that he has done for us. And as a result of those things, my conduct is going to be different. Um, live yourself with fear throughout this time of your exile. They were going through difficult times. So, so much in our lives, our life is just going on, and we've got it pretty easy. Even though the world seems to be turning against us, it's still pretty simple for us to be followers of Jesus Christ. These, these followers of Christ were going through hard things. How? Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He, is for, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made van- manifest in the last time for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear. God is not fooled by our lives. You know, you come in here on a Sunday or a Saturday night or, or you come to your small group and, you know, we all put on our best. We all like, oh, no one can see what I'm really like and I sure can't expose my real heart to people. And, and somehow we think God doesn't see that. How foolish are we? God is not fooled uh, by the way we live. He sees what you're like at work He sees what you're like at home. He sees men. He sees the way you treat your wife. He sees the way you treat your kids. Wives, he sees the same things about you. God God knows the, the motive of our heart. And because of his work, we need to conduct ourselves differently. Verse 17, and if you call on him as father, as you call on him as father, I had a a father who I loved, who cared for us and I never wanted to disappoint my father. I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted him to be pleased with me. I wanted him to be proud of me. I didn't want to disappoint him. Um, and we have two kids, uh, Carl and Beth, and uh, they were very different, believe me. They were totally different, especially when it came to discipline. I've mentioned this before to you. Carl was so much easier to discipline because he was way more like, you know, you just played the, I'm so disappointed, son. And he just melted. Beth, not so much. (laughs) Beth was like, 
Yeah, too bad, Dad. <laughs> Get over yourself, right? She watched the live stream last night and then had to explain to her children why she was like she was. And, uh, but it was way easier for us for Carl. Because why? Because he didn't want to disappoint his dad. What about you and your father? Not your earthly father. Earthly fathers will always disappoint. I disappointed my kids many, many times. But our heavenly father never disappoints us. And, and I want my conduct to be in a way that, that God would look at and would say, well done, son. Well done, son. Conduct yourselves. Conduct yourselves. I don't want to disappoint the father that God is to me. Um, he gives us some things for us to examine the motivation for uh, how we live in this text. And there's so many things in this text we could dive into. I want to pick out a couple of them. Here's the first one. It says, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways, inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. I, I'm, I'm going to live differently because I've been ransomed. I was bought back. I was paid for. All the futile thinking that was in the world, that's out there in the world, Jesus Christ came down and he accomplished what he needed to accomplish. And in so, my life was ransomed. My life was ransomed. These things that in the world were inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. I thought, wow, that's an interesting term that Peter uses. When, when Paul talks about these things, he says, wood, hay, stubble, as the perishable things, gold, silver, and precious gold as the, what you want your actions to be, the gold, silver, precious stones there. But Peter goes, hey, 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 that silver and gold stuff, not what we're going after. Not what we're going after. Um, look what he sees as important. Look what he sees as being valuable. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold. Um, down in verse um, 19 um, says, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, a lamb without blemish or spot, and we live in a world that tries to get ahead. We live in a world that, that, that tries to have things. We live in a world that, and, and so we even, even gold and silver, and we look at those. You, you, know, you watch the markets, and the markets will tell you what's gold doing and what's silver doing, and, and we think somehow those are important things. And, and Peter goes, those things are nothing. You want to know what's valuable? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's what's valuable. Not wood, hay, stubble. Not even really gold or silver. What's valuable to you, what's valuable to me, is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. A lamb without blemish. A lamb without spot. That's where the value is. That's where the working of God is. That's what we want to see is so critical. That's why, why communion is such an amazing thing when we think about the body of Christ and we think about the precious blood of Jesus Christ. See, that's why we live different. That's why we live different. Because of this great value that God has given us in the Lamb of God, His Son 
Um, on Christmas, I'm going to preach, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ shed his blood to pay the ransom that you couldn't pay. And Jesus Christ shed his blood so that you could have a life that you couldn't earn and you didn't deserve. Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ, that is where the value is. That is where the true value is. And in our faith, it's not about what we do. It's not about what we accomplish. It's about what he did. It's about what he accomplished. And then then God sent his son to redeem us, to ransom us in all of that. And then he turns around and he offers it all to us in a free gift, the free gift. And I I trust that everyone who came forward and had communion has come to the place where they understood that work of salvation and what Christ accomplished for us. And you received the free gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. And and it was just a don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. So we have communion. So you will not forget what Jesus Christ did for you. The Lamb of God. The precious blood of Christ. And you took that and the work of Christ and and you took that on yourself by faith alone in Christ alone and all of your sin put on Jesus Christ, all of his righteousness put on you through faith alone in Christ. It changes you. It has to change you. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, the offer of salvation is yours. It's a free gift from Jesus Christ for you. And the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. You accept the gift. You get it that I'm I'm going down this path. It's not getting me anywhere. I'm I'm not going to ever be right before God. I can't get to that level. I can never attain holiness. I can never attain perfection. I can never attain sinfulness. No, you can't because, because that's who we are. We're sinners. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. We're made alive in Christ Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today and you can have eternal life. You can be saved, and you will be saved. For the sake of you who through him, verse 20, are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Well then, the next thing that we see in the text is um, purity in our lives that's rooted in the truth. Purity in my life that is rooted in in the truth. If I'm walking in holiness, purity is one of the results that comes, but it's, it, it comes and it comes from the truth of God's word. Look at 22 to 25. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you've been born again, not a perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And the word is the good news that was preached to you. You know, he starts out here and he talks about the necessity about love in our lives. Having purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. The goal here in this verse is for a sincere brotherly love. Um, uh, That word um, sincere has the idea of earnestness. It's an earnest thing we go after. It's a fervent thing we go after. It's a passionate thing we go after. The word sincere means also means without hypocrisy. It's not two-faced. 
That's what a hypocrite was. Back as Peter's writing this, the, the actors would wear a, a mask um, and, and they would play a role. He goes, that's not the way we live our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. We're not play actors. We're not playing a role. We are who we say we are. Don't, don't be one thing in the workplace and another thing at church. Having purified your souls so that we will love the brothers. And how do we do that? Well, by your obedience to the truth. By your obedience to the truth. By being more like Jesus Christ every day, growing up, doing what God's Word commands you to do. Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. God's Word is so critical in our holiness. Holiness is not made up of man's rules. It's not made up of objectives that some set of elders might come up with. Holiness comes right out of the Word of God. God's Word lives and abides forever, the Word teaches us. It's not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. The Word endures forever. Man has tried to destroy the truth of this book since the days that it was written. And God has protected it, and it has persevered. And nations that, that seek to take Christians and even put them to death, the gospel rules and people get saved, and the truth of God's word goes on. Why? Because God's word is not going to fail. God's word is true, and God's word stands. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to now learn to stand on God's word. It lives and abides forever. It causes us to be born again. It was through the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. No man comes to the Father except by me. The truth, the truth is what allows you and makes you to be born again. I preached a little while ago about, let's, let's not worry about um, getting away from words that are Bible words. You know, the word of the people, are you are born again? Are you born again? Are you born again? You better believe I'm born again. It's a, it's a God word. It's through God's truth that I'm born again. And because I'm born again, I, I want to be different. I want to be changed. And when a person receives the word of God and obeys it, he or she is truly born again. The text goes on and it says it purifies the soul. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, to the truth. You find yourself wandering in sin. You find yourself not on fire for the Lord. I can tell you, I can tell you. There, there are dry times in our, everyone's walk. There are times when Satan attacks us. There are times when, but I'll tell you this for sure. If you're not in the word and you're not in prayer, it's going to be a dry season in your life. But when you are in prayer and you're casting all of your cares upon him and you're reading the truth and you're, Lord, take your word and use it in my life because I want to be like Jesus those dry spells don't last for long. And God works. And unless you're willfully disobeying what God's word says, he will refresh you and he will encourage you and he will be your helper. God's word purifies your soul because it reveals to us the sin that's in us and it causes us to respond and now to live out for the glory of God. 
And then the last thing, it continues, causes us to continually grow. In 1 Peter 2, 2, the next chapter, desire the pure milk of the word. Why? That you may grow by it. That you may grow by it. Then Peter finishes up this text. He says, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower fails, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. All flesh. He's talking about the world system. All flesh is like grass. It's like the flower. The grass withers, the flower falls. Sue and I were out walking um, the other day, and they were walking along the street, and, and uh, there's this flower that's there. It's still a summer flower, and it still looks pretty good. And, uh, and like, I'm just a little smarter than a rock. I don't even see that stuff, right? And she's like, look at that flower. That's amazing. But both of us were very aware that maybe the frost last night, if we walked some more, it's gone. It's gone. The flower falls. The flower fades. But the word of the Lord endures forever. So what are your eyes on? What are your eyes fixed on? What are you, what are you living out in your life? Are you after the things that are for the right now? Or are you focused on the thing that endures forever and the blessing and the hope and all that comes from it? The word never dies. The, God's word never changes. God's word is faithful for us. And so we're called to be faithful people living out pure lives, growing up in Christ, not what I used to be, not what I will be, not even yet what I should be, but God, on this journey to be like Jesus Christ every day, not just when we get together, but when I'm in the workplace, when I'm with my family, when I'm at my school. Be holy. Why? Because I'm holy. Be like me, Jesus says. Well, so what? So what? Prepare your mind. This is not a passive thing. This is an active thing to be like Jesus. Prepare your mind. Be holy. Be becoming holy because God is. And you're called to it. And then conduct yourselves in ways that connect to the one that you have a relationship with. The one who was the precious blood worth more than silver or gold. The one who redeemed you. The one who brought you back by conducting yourselves and be rooted in the truth. All flesh is like grass. All its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. This is the good news that we preached to you. With God's help, living for his glory, one day, one day, looking for the grace that is to come. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for this passage and the challenge of it. Lord, my, my own heart is stirred in my own holiness and what's done in the secret places when no one else is watching. You're calling me, God, to be holy in those things. And so, Lord, I pray that as I live my life out, as, I, as we live our lives out, God, our desire would be to be like Jesus Christ with the focus of this relationship and what you've done and your working, God. I pray, Father, that you would uh, stir our hearts. Father, you would challenge us. 
not to be satisfied with, with some cheap salvation, but to realize how awesome your working is. And then, Lord, with a desire to be more like Jesus every day, walking like him in his image. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.